it has been brought to my attention that uh, while Henry's right about a lot of things, he is just, I'm not sure wrong's the right word, but maybe confused about pizza? <laughs> no, I only know the best pizza. The best pizzas. The best possible things that could possibly go on a pizza. And that are definitely pizza and not something else. I don't know. That looks like someone just dumped a salad or like a, I don't know, like a Pinterest fall calendar thing onto a thing of dough and just mushed it about to kind of resemble the pizza. Uh, all right. So to to fill in what everybody's probably wondering, what was on this pizza? I I decided to share with uh, Alex and Charlie the pizza that I had uh, this past Friday. And Alleged has, pizza. It's goat, <laughs> cheese, goat cheese and beet sauce with uh, uh, with a butternut squash. It's the beet sauce I object to. The butternut squash is whatever. I've had weird fancy, like, it's basically a salad masquerading as something people actually want to eat type of pizzas before. It's the idea of using beets as a sauce that just, it's that's where I draw the line of, okay, that's the weird, like, vegetable flatbread at that point. Like, Beet sauce. I, I, well, so in, <laughs> It's so, red. So, September 27th, uh, 2020, is when I learned God is dead. And <laughs> things like beet sauce pizza or thing. You know what? I just realized, you know what it is? The entire year of 2020 is, like, Drinking at the airport at like six a.m. There are no rules. No one cares. It's just it's just insanity now. No, no, it's I, like being at an airport for last call, Alex. Something that should not happen to anyone. There, there is no last call at the airport. Oh, but there it's is. Eventually, the, the bar closes, but people still sit there. No, no. This is where this is the point we've reached in our in our timeline, where I you know I should just crack open a beer now. It's, Ten thirty in the morning. No, doesn't matter because we have goat cheese and beet sauce pizza. That's a thing. Beet, the idea of beet sauce just makes it seem like Russians tried to make a pizza and had never actually heard of it before. They're like, you take the bread, you put cheese on bread, you mix with sauce. What do we have? We have borscht. This sounds <laughs> like something Dwight Schrute would have come up with in the office at some point. Yeah, that, that, that's just right. to fucking hype up fucking. Yeah, you know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. Well, the beet sauce is red, though. Like my rage for pizzas that are very odd. I was going to say, it shows like red acrylic paint, but I'm not putting that on a thing and saying it's edible. <laughs> by, by, by that logic, can I like just like smear Ronald McDonald's hair across the piece of bread and go, ta-da, McDonald's pizza, bitches! Sure, why not? Nothing. <laughs> we've already We've already established that there are no more rules to anything. Like I've I've already destroyed the idea of uh, pasties apparently for people, um, uh, because uh, uncrustables, which are which are undescribable. I think this is just what we've learned. Well, so I just for a point of contention on my part, was this thing purchased within the confines of California? Well, yeah, Los Angeles. Yes. Oh, that doesn't count, because nothing in Los Angeles counts as pizza. Hello, and 
Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 220, I think? Is that, is that crack? I think that's right. Yeah. Sounds about right. How would you know? You weren't here last Um, oh, no. Do you gain superpowers of knowing when things follow each other sequentially, courtesy of the smoke? Are you the smoke monster now, Alex? Yes. Yes, I am. I'll now be fielding questions as the smoke monster. Are, are you the biggest question from Lost that we don't have answered yet? <laughs> are no. you lost, Alex? Are you the embodiment of that show? No, I, I, I. Well, I'm here now, so you found me. Um, did I we? Say, yeah, I, I can't say I did, wasn't involved on that show at some point, but I will say I once was lost, but now I'm found. And on that horrible note, welcome to Wicked Awesome Cast. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I'm Charlie, aka Mordak, joined by. Alex, a.k.a. Maeve Online. And the person who was actually here last week and not choking to death slowly as the state he lives in burns, although, come to think of it, we could have used that excuse as well. Henry, a.k.a. Nomad Har, a.k.a. Crack. Things I never thought I'd be like, hey, just wanted to let you guys know I'm happy to be these things today or have to worry about them. Yeah. Players yeah. are being slowly contained. So Yeah. No, it's... Oh. I don't know how bad it is where you're at, Henry. I, I got a little bit of a diss from Charlie, but I have no idea how bad it is where you are. No, it's, it not, been... it's, it's not really hitting us as hard. I mean, because I'm still a good ways away from the nearest fire, so not as not as much here. Yeah, despite the yeah. fact that Tahunga is not that far away from where Henry's at, it's it's a short car trip because the one trip in LA does not have a lot of traffic. It's a surprising amount of distance, actually. Okay. Yeah, like it's, it's it. This won't sound that impressive to most of the rest of the world. Period. It's it's a solid minute of like, it's twenty minutes easily of LA driving at like sixty miles an hour without traffic. It's by LA standards quite a distance. Oh, it's yeah. far enough. I wouldn't date someone where Henry lives, where I live. It's like it's like oh, they're on the end of the earth. Got it. <laughs> Too far. Yep. That's yeah, a yeah. LA joke. So yeah, this it doesn't like the smoke. Didn't really so much make its way over here. I mean, I could still kind of see it in the distance, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't all that. I mean, it's not Silent Hill currently. Yeah, it's not Silent Hill anymore, which is kind of nice. But yeah, it was. It was. But I guess uh, should I just go into it with the week? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Okay, so uh, I happen to live not too far from Clackamas County, where. Uh, one of the big fires in Oregon was taking place, and uh, it got really bad. Like the, the smoke quality, I think, actually in my area uh, reached that. Like we were number one. Portland was like number one in the worst air quality in the world at some point. Congrats! Yeah, right. Um, so it was yeah, it was bad. Um, we couldn't get any real circulation at work and all that. Oh, actually. So, just to give some context, the week all the fire stuff started happening was the one week I chose to take vacation. So, literally, the state's burning, and I had taken a week off, and I was like, well, I was going to drive around and do some stuff, but I can't do that now. So, um, I ended up working some OT on a Friday to kind of help out with stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was bad. So, um. So between, I think that was probably just the biggest thing because it was so hard to breathe. Like I actually like 
There were days legit, I just was so tired and could barely breathe well. And I don't normally have breathing problems, but like, it's just the smoke was so thick out here that it was bad. Luckily, I had just bought a new filter for my HVAC unit at home. So mm. it was a little bit easier if I locked everything up. But, you know, I have to let the dogs outside sometimes. So I have to open the door and occasionally they, you know, the smoke will get in. But it wasn't that bad um, at some points, but it was just when I'm out work stuff and everything else during the day it got really bad it was just it just messed me up the whole night sure um luckily it's not that case anymore and we've gotten uh we've gotten better but yeah i think the biggest thing was just it was so smoky and bad it was surreal having coworkers, you know be like hey i gotta go i've gotta go evacuate my family's farm because they've got animals and stuff they need to get out of there kind of thing and so having Tons of coworkers just have to go because they have to go, um, you know, evacuate their farm animals. Yeah. Like, uh, I was actually so uh, one of one of Mandy's uh, coworkers. They had to go evacuate their farm, and uh, she was telling her that they had barely got out in time because you could. She was driving off, and if you looked at your review. You can see the fires coming up over the hill where their house was. So it was like, that's just a surreal shot to think of. You're literally driving away from your home, and you can see the flames, like, starting to come up from behind, your, like, from your rearview window. Like, a rearview mirror. Like, that's just a bizarre fucking sight. But, yeah, between that and jackasses wanting to form their own militias, uh, and... For some reason, stay and protect areas that were already evac was beyond me. Which, I mean, I get. I understand, yeah, you want to take care of your house, but you're not allowed to block the fucking roads. You're not a police. So, anyway, that's beside the fucking point of those jackasses. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, here we are. I'm alive. So, things are getting better, getting nicer out here. So, here we are. <laughs> anything in the last two weeks or just kind of um, dealt with fire? Honestly, there were some days I came home and played nothing. Like, I was just burnt out. But other than that, I I mean, I played a little more, like, obviously, WoW here and there, because we're still doing sales to get ready for the expansion to close out. Uh, but other than that, I don't really think I've played, like, maybe some Overwatch with some friends who I play with often. And WoW, that's pretty much been it. Sure. I haven't even touched Fall Guys in a while, and I actually like that game. Sure. So. Yeah kind of where i'm at with that one right now i wish i had a better report but it was literally just like dude i get it I... burned out tired and <laughs> dude i get it it's hard to stay overstay kind of just how prime the fires by themselves are a thing mentally dealing with the fires is a whole other thing where just it's like fuck yeah. do i have fire depression <laughs> this shit is exhausting oh it was so, it was the best video game possible i could play video games on my laptop again on the podcast this year but <laughs> While I was doing that, I was, um, so, we haven't talked about it much, because I'm not sure why, but so, I have been playing Among Us, the hut new hutness that's taking up the Steam world, but not on a PC, I played on my phone like a real adult. The correct way to play Among Us. Yeah, it's not exactly a, uh, a game that requires a PC. I think it benefits from lack of voice chat, honestly. Hmm. I, I think it's... Yeah, it becomes a little too easy to read people's 
voices. Well, I, I think it's one of those ones where part of the fun. That, yeah, and I think it's it's one of those things where just part of the fun of that game is I have no idea who the fuck these people are. I don't care who these people are. Either I'm murdering or I'm doing these tasks. I'm trying to convince them about to murder me, kind of thing. I, I don't know. I it's I, I get why it's super popular on Twitch. I think that the voice chat takes away some of that game. It's kind of like having a. It's like joining Dead by Dead as part of a squad as survivors, then you can voice chat it. It defeats part of what that game is, I guess, in my mind. What what the fuck do I know? I love the phone version of that game. It's great. I think it makes it a little... I do think the voice makes it way too easy to to detect if somebody's lying. To, To be honest, like, you can be really good at telling if somebody's lying just by their voice. Sure, I also think... Some like, people are really bad at hiding it, too. Like, yeah, and I... I, 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 it, so. I think there's also like a weird communication, like, the because you can only type on the phone for it, or that's how I've been doing all that stuff. There's a different form of communication in that game. I think a lot of the puzzles work better at... Not puzzles, yeah, the tasks work better on a touchscreen kind of thing. I, I'm not going to describe this. Like, I think like, the controls are shitty on a phone, but they're, like, appropriately shitty where it feels kind of even as a result of that I, I don't know I, it's a lot of the meme bullshit that I think is what this game is about definitely comes out of the Twitch world where it's like oh yeah because you have this controller and mouse and keyboard stuff you can do these weird strafing things like on the phone everyone sucks at movement and that's I think more <laughs> fun in some ways like it feels more deliberate like it's I think the game actually shines the worse people are at it like the, the time constraints for communication I think really kind of force what that game's about to the surface in a better way than having a bunch of people yelling, it's not me! <laughs> in a fucking Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side of this, because I now play Among Us, uh, my YouTube is poisoned with, like, best of Among Us moments, and there is no best Among Us moment. Like, it's, it's that game is not whatever enough to inspire that much fucking media, because the, there's one of three things. Ha ha, I was the killer, the imposter. Ha ha, I wasn't the imposter. Ha ha, you shouldn't have voted me out. I wasn't the imposter. You fools, you've been deceived. Like, I need fucking half hour videos of like compilations of people being like, why would you kick me off the shit? Because you sus, bruh. <laughs> no more reason than that. Like, I've kicked yeah. people off ships or I have campaigned to kick people off ships because I like the pet they had. Well, it's like, I've played the game that's basically, that is Among Us. Like, I, I a game called Werewolf. It's had multiple mm. incarnations, but, like, there's one werewolf. And then there's a couple of other roles. No, and I, I think and that's the big difference, too. Like, if you've played Werewolf, there's less of a novelty to Among Us. I think Among Us is the yeah. best video gamification of that kind of mm. board. Is, is that, that's technically a board game, right? No, what? no, it's not, it's not even a board game. Yeah. You don't need a board you don't, like, I have cards where yeah, you don't even I, need I think cards. Of the cards. I was thinking of the cards. Yeah, you know, you're right. You don't need anything to play that game, necessarily. Yeah. yeah, it's, I think other games have kind of tried that, have tried to make that game before and kind of failed in winter. This is definitely the best idea of don't fucking trust people. They all want to murder you, or do they? No, they do. And made it into a game that you can kind of play multiplayer. I think it benefits from it being just that. Like, they announced this week, like, yeah, we were going to make a sequel. We're not doing that. We're just going to put this stuff in the game. I'm kind of worried about that because I can't think of a thing I want them to add to that game except maybe maps. Like, it's kind of a perfect, like, no, don't fuck with this. Like, the balance is perfect. Like, this game is 
exactly what you want, like... Probably just more maps and, like, uh, stuff, you That's know. what I heard, is mainly maps. More tasks, yeah. probably. Rotating tasks, yeah, the, the, the things I would change are more maps, maybe, like, more randomization of the tasks, I guess. Like, I, And only mode I would add is everyone but one person is an imposter. <laughs> oh, geez. That would be a fun question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that would play out, though. Like, oh, no, the game like... mode doesn't tell you everyone but one person is an imposter. Like, it's randomly, the game puts you into a mode where everyone but, like, one or two people is an imposter. Hmm. And enable imposter versus imposter killing. I don't know. I just think it would be a fun twist on it, but yeah. I had a pretty boring week on my end, too. All the Elite Dangerous. I did my first um, Panite grind day. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that. Panite? Panite? It's the big thing you go and mine, and then you buy a better ship to go mine, and your money problems go away in that game. I've been staying away from it. A, because I didn't have a good ship for it. B, because I'm like, no, I want to experience this game. And now I'm like, I want 100 million credits easily. Now I have that. My advice for all new players, get a dolphin. They're fucking amazing. It's maybe the best, like, starter ship in the game. I'm sad I slept on it as long as I did. It's an amazing ship. And it looks cool. It's the Mercedes of the small ship. You're like, sure, you can ride in space, but you can also ride in love. Yeah, I'm, I'm still enjoying the fuck out of that game. I, I have a Python now. It's a bigger ship. I think the Python's actually my first medium-sized ship. Things I have a new office chair. I my other chair finally just completely collapsed. It's just there's too many broken parts on it to to hold it together. Uh, at the very end, it was being held together by rope. So yeah, that finally just kind of fell to pieces. It served me well. It served me for like seven years or something, and it was pre-owned when I got it. I don't know how much. I don't think much, but in any case, I do have a new chair. Uh, it has a nice high back, which I like because I like to actually have good posture, especially because I work so much at my computer. Yeah. It, it, as a programmer, it's such, I work at my computer. So, yeah, I want a good chair with that forces me into good posture, and it, but it also supports me. And so, yeah, uh, the only thing I would say about this chair is the sort of covering on it doesn't seem very thick. Like, it seems like it'll wear through a bit. Oh, that thick. sucks. It's kind of a flimsy, like, leather almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I actually took the remaining leather off of my other chair and put it on this chair. Other <laughs> powers combined. Yeah. Actually, and it's actually, I, I fixed it up and kind of worked it out. It's actually worked out pretty well. So I've got kind of the best of both. I have uh, thicker leather, way thicker leather, and this a chair that's not falling to pieces. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Pretty happy. Uh, some parts of it I think are a little bit going to be a little bit stronger. I think so. That's good. But yeah, I kind of need that because I use it all the time. And I didn't have three hundred dollars to drop on like a full on gaming chair, which I would also consider. But yeah, I just a smaller budget. But this chair it was still like, a bit much. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just surprised. I guess still. Yeah, it's, and yeah, that game is so optimized at this point, it would run on a potato. I mean, it's, so, and I just, and I run it at, you know, high graphics, whatever, it doesn't care. It's, it's, yeah, it runs 
with almost no resources. I'm just imagining yeah. the the obligatory air quotations for high graphics in that sentence. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's because online Fantasy Online Two doesn't have that high of graphics. It, I think it looks nice for what it does with what it has, but you can tell where it's taking shortcuts too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been playing Fantasy Fantasy Star Online Two, still playing a lot of uh, King of Fighters. All-Star, and I played Left 4 Dead 2 this weekend because there's a new campaign. Yeah, that's we didn't right. They talk they about that last out. week, and I'm like, how did we not talk about that? Well, I kind of wanted to wait until I played it because I knew sure. I would play it. I knew I would play it, and yeah, so I, and it's a free weekend, which means that even so it's still all around been a pretty healthy, like a number of people still playing that game on a regular basis, especially on custom servers, but also just on official servers too. But this weekend, tons of people are playing now because, yeah, there's a new campaign and it's free, free weekend, so everybody's playing it now. So and well, it's so not like the game's expensive. Riddle me this, free. what is the new? Like a brand, like a, when I say campaign, that means like, like a series of levels to go through. Like there's okay, so it's it's, it's another batch of like five or six levels. Yeah, except in this case, it's just two really long ones. So hmm. they're definitely experimenting. I've noticed that they the the last new one they came out with, Cold Stream, was definitely an experiment in that. Like in it, the couple of the levels in that one were longer, which I think I kind of like yeah, uh, to a certain extent because you start to really feel the fear because there's not a safe place for you to go. There's not this sort of uh, you know, go a little while and then you've got a place to kind of take a breather and reload and reload your weapons and stuff. No, you gotta you gotta go quite far. So I played it blind, basically with, mm. well, well, I got on a thing where all of us were actually playing it blind. None of us had played it. Like, none of the four of us had played this one before, and so, and but all of us had played before, so we're all like, we know how it works. But even at that, we were, like, having trouble. Like, it, A, it's pretty difficult. B, I think they upgraded the AI director. I think I saw that as part of it, yeah. And, oh, oh, it's, it's, it will get you now. The specials, the, the use of specials now is more clever, I think. Uh, and, yeah, the but the new campaign itself, uh, uh, I think is called Last Standing, or uh, Last Stand? Yeah, yeah Last Stand. Uh, like, it added a horde mode to it, didn't it, technically? It always had a horde mode. Oh. What do you mean? Well, like, uh, I spend the point mode, I guess. Um, yeah, 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 there's another versus thing added to it. Yeah, the uh, the update the update in general is called Last Stand, but also that's the name of the new campaign. Gotcha. But that's yeah, not my horde the, mode yet. Yeah, that entire game is technically a horde mode. Not the yeah, definitely not the best question to ask in the context of that. But yeah, there's a new versus mode added as. But yeah, just and new weapons. Um, mostly not brand new weapons. So there's a weird thing. For a long time, for most of the time up to now. There were slightly different weapons for the European servers and like the and like the US servers, in that there were 
a couple of specifically very Europe, like European guns for the European surfers. Now you have a chance of getting any of the guns, like oh, both that, both sets of guns. That's kind of yeah. And honestly, one of the European guns I like quite a bit because it's halfway between a sniper rifle and a and like a submachine or a, and one of the submachine guns or the assault rifles. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's halfway between an assault rifle and a sniper rifle. There is a new sniper rifle, but also there's this other one which kind of slight zoom in, but does more damage. The idea of using a sniper rifle in that game. Oh, yeah, and it's 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 a pitchfork. It's certainly a pitchfork. <laughs> and and it seems to have pretty decent range, like better range. So it's, that's its thing. It, has, it seems to have a bit more range than most of the other melee weapons. As, and as, for the shovel. As someone I had a friend growing up who liked to tell me about how the most effective anti-zombie weapon was that like Shaolin spear spade weapon thing, and I always had to look at him and go, "Well, do you have one of those when the zombie comes?" And then he goes, "Well, don't." I go, "Well, I have a pitchfork. I'm really happy they have a pitchfork in that game." Well, that's the thing. A lot of the you know funny thing is historically a lot of the pole arms started because they're just farmers' implements. Yep. And when you don't have a lot of iron, you tend to have a wooden stick attached to something on the end of it. Either yeah. as a tool or a weapon. Oh no, so, Vikings were famous for axes because axes were utilitarian. Yeah, and axes also, there you go, mostly pole, you know, mostly wooden pole, and then a bit of metal for the pointy bit. So, because it's cheaper. You don't necessarily have tons of iron lying around, so you got to use it sparingly. But yeah, they, uh, but yeah the new Left 4 Dead expansion is... Totally surprising, but also means that they still don't like the number three. <laughs> it's never coming, boys. Left 4 Dead 3 is never happening. Gaben, you son of a bitch, you did it again. What if they just jumped to Left 4 Dead 4? <laughs> if they did that, I would fucking crack up. That'd be so... hilarious. But yeah, they instead of coming out with three, they're just like, hey, new campaign. Which is real weird, like I said, because the entire thing's free, right? Well, no, I thought the game is paid or not. Yeah, no, the game is paid, but you pay once. Not say it's the expansion vote. free or not. I can't remember. Yeah, the expansion yeah, is free. Sorry, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it's just it's just another campaign, and yeah, it's yeah, it's super surprising. I was like. What? Okay, yeah, definitely I'm going to play this because I play Left 4 Dead 2 anyways, still. And now I'm probably going to hop back on, like, probably later today and play again because, hey, lots of people are playing it right now. Because it's a free weekend, and why not? No, it's, uh, it's even like, it was it, right now it's also on sale for $2, right? The whole game? Yeah, so it's like, just buy the game already. There's so much content for it now. I mean, now you I feel like there's practically three games worth of content rolled into this, and none of them cost any money. None of this is DLC, paid DLC. All of it is just like, yeah, everything was just like, here's new stuff for free. Sure. Coldstream was free, too. I mean, nothing has been paid for the any of it. I think there is some 
is there DLC for it even? I'm not even sure if there is. I think all their DLC has just been free stuff. Like, yeah. honestly. This rolled into the game at large. There was something, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. This is where my brain gets sloppy on Orange Box versus Left 4 Dead versus Left 4 Dead 2. Left 4 Dead yeah. uh, was on Orange Box, so that was the first Left 4 Dead, not the second. Yeah. But, yeah, the... Yeah, it's... But, yeah, honestly, it's it's kind of strange. Yeah, they just keep on throwing in, like, more free stuff, and, yeah, nothing no, nothing I can remember has ever been, like, paid stuff. Um, I, And I remember when that came out. I've owned this game since it... Practically since it came out. Very, not long after it came out. Okay, yeah. so I have a funny story about Coldstream. But, yeah, I've been... Yeah, the game came out 11 years ago, and we've just saw new new free content. I don't... I don't understand it, honestly, but I guess <laughs> it's just a passion for the game and knowing that we can't do three. Can't count. What's your story? So, the day that game came out, my bike got stolen when I was in college. Oh, Aww. shit. And I only know this because me and Jeff made plans to play that game that night, and when I went to get my bike to go home and play the game with him and his friends, I found out my bike was stolen. I had to report that to a whole thing, and that then gave birth to the conspiracy that there's only like nine bikes in all of Pittsburgh. They just keep getting <laughs> stolen over and over and redistributed. I'm checking that now, but I'm almost positive like that was the night that fucking thing happened, like within a week of that thing happening. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, I got up to weirdly new content from an from a nearly decade old game and played another new, over a decade old game so yeah i'm right on the leading edge of video games we're really have, still fellow kids i have bought another game uh bullets per minute but i haven't had a chance to play it yet so i can't really comment on it yet i checked it out it looks cool not for me but cool still i've I watched somebody play it, and I was like, actually, that seems cool. But, yeah, I'll, I will talk more about it when I get a chance to yeah. actually play that, play that game. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much my week. <laughs> I don't even know where to start this week. Like on, on one hand, I want to talk about how we're now officially on Amazon. That service is all out there. But on the other hand, the Luna looks like a goddamn nightmare. So let's start there. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so if that ham-fisted up, transition wasn't enough to lure you in on this one. So we now, there's been some rumors for a while, and I realize how real these rumors were, and I've been following them for a while just because I like to follow the cloud gaming space. I think it's a beautiful nightmare. So Amazon this week announced Luna, the their version of Stadia. The big difference being... Um, Amazon actually is trying to make games, at least. There's a bit more of a precedent, maybe, than just what Stadia was up to, but I, yeah, the controller for this looks equally sus, to use a phrase I've learned from Among Us. Um, <laughs> I, it's, someone made the joke how it looks like an off-brand version of a Switch Elite controller, and now that's all I can fucking see when I look at this thing. I, <laughs> I will probably wind up owning this thing, because of fucking course I will, because I'm me. I, it's, yeah. It, it runs on the same technology, so it also runs the, off of LAN instead of like Bluetooth yep. or something sensible. Yeah, 
The, the one part that's not clear is how you connect this shit to your TV necessarily. Oh, it's going to be a uh, fire, fire TV. Of course, yeah. yeah, but I'm hoping it just doesn't want to burn your house down the same way that the, uh, <laughs> what was it? The, God, yeah, the Chromecast wanted to. But <laughs> we'll see. Uh, well, it is called the Fire TV. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on this one. Like we should bring it back a little bit. <laughs> This is technically a subscription. It's, it's more akin to, I'd say, GeForce, because you are playing PC games remotely on a computer. It's not a whole separate ecosystem, at least based on the description they've given so far. It'll be six months, it'll be six bucks a month, not buds a month, a whole separate economy. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of weird to see something that competes with the GeForce Now stuff, as opposed to, you know, Stadia, the one you'd think people would be going after, but I think that more speaks to just how much of a flop Stadia has continue to be across the board at this point in time. Uh, it's got a pretty impressive roster coming. It's got Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragon, A Plague Tale, Innocent, Surge 2, uh, Yuka and Lele, you know, that hot title that everyone's clamoring to get on their platforms at all different points in time. This will be a thing. It does not appear to let you use your existing Steam library, which was, I think still is, the best part of the, uh, the GeForce Now stuff, or NVIDIA Now, whatever the hell it's called at this point in time. But we'll see. I I don't want to say one thing or the other kind of thing. It's not... Yeah, I I've read over the website multiple times. I'm assuming that they're gonna add a like, hey, do you like this game on Twitch? Might we recommend Luna functionality? I we didn't really yeah. talk about that, but given how aggressive some of that advertising stuff has gotten lately, it just makes sense. We were building towards this. Like, I, we're gonna come full yeah. circle. We're like, Twitch is gonna be like, hi. We see you're watching this person play this video game a lot. Have you thought about actually playing it yourself? It's so easy. Just fucking fire up Luna. It's right there for you. I, part of me wonders how far it will go. Like Part of me almost imagines we'll wind up in a space where you can only make money uh, by streaming games on Twitch that you can get on Luna. I don't fucking know how level of integration we're going to see for this, but we'll see. Like If I was an evil business person, I would totally make it so it's like, you can have partner status, but we'll only pay you to play games that, like, you can get on Luna. My question is, is it coming to Kindle? <laughs> Dude, if I can place on my paper white Kindle, I will be fucking in. I want to see, like, fucking Destiny rendered in that beautiful ink on paper style that that thing can only do. Mm. That warm ink color. I feel like now that you've said that, somewhere out there in the wild, Todd Howard, his eyebrow twinged for a second, like, ah, Skyrim on the fucking was it paper white or what do you call Kindle? it? Kindle, yeah, Kindle white. Yeah, Kindle yeah. paper. Yeah, I feel like somewhere out there, Todd Howard is pleasedly thinking of that idea now. Well, so while we're talking about Todd Howard, I suppose, um, perhaps, maybe we're gonna see less of that joke in the future. But who knows at this point? Because Microsoft just bought Zenimax, which owns Bethesda and a bunch of other shit, for a fuck ton of money. Oh yeah. $7.5 billion fuck ton of money, to be precise. Uh, yeah, Microsoft now owns ZeniMax, which means they now own Bethesda, and I think that means they now own it as well. They all, Yeah, they own all of it, it? plus mm-hmm. yeah. the Elder Scrolls series, plus Fallout. Yeah. Well, that's Bethesda at that point, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the best joke to come out of this has been uh, Phil Spencer 
was a joke about Phil Spencer buying uh, Bethesda just so Todd Howard could stop porting Skyrim and just make a new fucking Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> I think Todd Howard has officially won. And I'll tell you why. He convinced he convinced people to buy fucking Skyrim one more time for seven point five billion, and he got it. Sure, yeah, that's the joke we're going with. I'm all for it. Todd Howard, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. Oh, my my favorite though is uh, John Carmack's response to it. There's there's a little bit of a uh, backhanded little thing here. Uh, I. Great, I think Microsoft has been a good parent company for gaming IPs, and they don't have a grudge against me, so maybe I will be able to re-engage with some of my old titles. That's been your John Carmack Tweet of the Week. <laughs> tweet yeah, of that's, the Week. That's, that's pretty passive-aggressive. That is some John Carmack-level shade out there. Uh, yeah. Do you follow John Carmack's Twitter? Because it's amazing the shade he throws on that thing. Also, the tech specs. Like, it's a bizarre mix of, like, the super in-dev dev brain and, like, the hateful shade that only a 13-year-old girl can throw. <laughs> yeah. So, the other thing, too, um, that came out of this was now that Microsoft owns all of this, they technically own both Bethesda and Obsidian. Yep. Which means, potentially, there could be a Fallout New Vegas, too. It's not going to happen. And they no, 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 they actually tweeted about it, and they said, "Does that mean this could be a thing?" And they just tweeted like some sort of weird, like, "Never know." If, kind of thing. If you could give Fallout back to Obsidian, I'd be very happy. I also, well, I'm not sure I want another Fallout it. game ever again. I, no. I'll say it now. I'm not sure I ever, I've never won ever Fallout game. That thing has run its course. It's now become a parody of itself, and not a good way. Like, let's move on. The, the Outer Worlds is a fantastic new iteration of that kind of thing what that game was doing let's yeah. let's, let's move forward like I, I get it i love the fallout franchise but fallout 76 exists and if there's no no more definitive end or should be an end for a franchise or at least an ip that game should be it can, can i do one more joke on uh on, on skyrim go for on it Howard? okay so microsoft buys skyrim Microsoft puts Skyrim on the Xbox Game Pass. Every month, you're now buying a new copy of Skyrim because you're paying for your monthly sub. Todd Howard has convinced people to buy Skyrim indefinitely for the rest of their subscriptions to Xbox. Todd Howard, you son of a bitch, done it again. It's like a Reddit you stealing these jokes to me. I feel like I've read all of these jokes already. <laughs> I saw that one somewhere on Twitter. Fair. Yeah, uh, c- congrats on buying a bunch of potential exclusive IPs, Microsoft, for your new console. I- mm-hmm. Jokes aside, we should take a step back. It's not clear what this purchase means in the grand scheme of things. I, on one hand, it's very easy to assume that maybe that means whatever the next Elder Scrolls game is will not be coming to Sony's consoles. But also, from a business standpoint, maybe that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Uh, but I, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. Sony has been trying to ham up a few of these exclusives here and there with like Spider Man oh, yeah. and all that. And Microsoft just replied with like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy all these fucking studios. No, no, Let's the, go. That's the and that's the counter <laughs> to what I'm saying. I think it's one of those ones where I think for a lot of these games, yeah, you're never seeing this on another platform again. It's not a Microsoft uh, console or a uh, PC. I, I think for some of the stuff like the like, it's Elder Scrolls specifically that sticks in my mind. Where just that game has such a huge player base that I think you maybe financially 
have to release it on all platforms, but what the fuck do I know? I, I also totally believe the Elder Scrolls fan base would absolutely buy an Xbox just to play the next Elder Well, I mean, you don't even have to buy an Xbox. You can literally just jump between your at your an Xbox or a PC because there's a good chance they'll just throw it on Game Pass. And Xbox will forever be cheaper than a PC that runs that game. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. I'm not saying it's the correct platform to play that on necessarily. Like, I think anyone who plays a Bethesda game without mods at this point in time, despite my disdain for Bethesda and the mod community when it comes to that topic, is playing the worst version of that franchise. Mm. Like, I, the, the console versions of those games are, without a doubt, every time the worst version of it. I, I know me and Jeff got into it when Fallout 4 happened. The console version of Fallout 4 is shit. Like, it is at best a 3 out of 5. The PC version at launch was at best a 4 out of 5. I'd go so far as to say, like, the difference being the PC community will fix console games they feel especially attached to. You -hmm. can go back and play the console version of Fallout 4. It's still mediocre at best. (laughs) I'm still kind of mad about it. Spider-Man in one of their releases. Was it the Avengers game? Yeah. You can't get Spider Man on it. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just reply with buying all these fucking companies. Fuck you, we're going to buy Skyrim. What's a Skyrim? <sighs> if anybody has fuck you money to do that, it's Microsoft. Oh, yeah, no, it's absolutely Microsoft. Like, that's. <laughs> From a pure calculating business evil board perspective, this is some, like, baller ass move on their part. Like, from a good for gamers standpoint who knows i've been slowly drifting in the direction of pc gaming these days anyway like maybe that's what the next cycle holds for me kind of thing it sure as fuck looks like sony's putting a bunch of their games on pc and well microsoft already is so let's talk about those nvidia 380s or 3080s oh yeah uh but keeping with our kind of theme of celebrating dumpster fires when they happen surprising no one the xbox pre-order system was also a goddamn mess Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, it's just it was, that was going to happen. Yeah, I think we called it last week. I just felt like talking about it again because <laughs> it amuses me. Our last bit of Microsoft news, and this is actually maybe the if you're kind of debating which console makes more sense for you financially and all that stuff, uh, this is actually potentially a big factor. The Xbox Series X uses some kind of proprietary memory expansion devices that apparently are going to cost almost as much as half a. Not coming around 220 bucks, which is fucking expensive. You could just buy a Series S at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I personally think it sucks they're moving away from having external hard drives for these types of things to be compatible, but I also get it. But this is specifically for the uh, one terabyte, like, switch drop in style hard drive thing that, in its defense, looks cool as shit. Like, it's a real nice. $220 hard drive for a console. Mm. Looks real sleek, as they should do more of this, but just like general hard Where to go from here? Uh, Talk about the Kirby fighting game? Sure. So, they're making a Kirby fighting game. Which was, I guess, like, accidentally, correct? Like, yeah, this show yeah. Like and then they just properly announced it. And I enjoy the fact that they've now just... They've made a sequel to Super Smash Brothers with less effort, and also... <laughs> yeah, I, it's it looks cool. There's like what twenty different Kirby's in it or something, and D to D and a couple of the iconic villains. Like you, you play as one of the individual Kirby powers. These can have their own move set that goes along with that. So, That's yeah, kind of genius, actually. Well, I, I, 
Yes, and the more genius part is it has a real fighting game health bar system on like fucking Smash. So I look forward to welcoming this into Evo next year as a real fighting game. Mm-hmm. Smash has a health bar system now. No, it's not used. <laughs> this, is, hmm? this is fucking genius somehow. I don't know I, why. I'm watching this trailer now, and I'm like, Jesus, somehow. How did no one think of this beforehand? Yeah, like it's it's the Ryu Ken situation taken to the ultimate degree. Yeah, essentially. I for one looking forward to when they release uh, expansions for this game that involve uh, Kirby just sucking in a copy of uh, mail of uh, the new latest Smash game and just putting that in the game indirectly, <laughs> or vice versa. I don't know which way that will work. But also, Lucha Libre Kirby is awesome, and I will die for him. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it's just not even reskins Smash Brothers engine. It's just the Smash Bros engine. Yeah. Oh right. no! Let's. Everything <laughs> about this is kind of brilliant in a very cynical. Hey, we made another fighting game for casuals type of way. Yep. But it also looks great because so, yeah, honestly, I think it looks more fun. Yeah. And and it's a real fighting game. It's got a health bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smash has health bars now. No one uses them. The official tournament play of Smash does not use health bars. <laughs> I, I mean, I imagine... And, and they, the... have, they have tandem moves, too. I just saw that! Oh my god, you're right! It's a cool game! I, I, I'm unironically kind of like, maybe not hype, but it's the, ah, this looks kind of cool in a way Smash hasn't in a long-ass time. <laughs> imagine the guest characters you could have in the Kirby game, too. You could have, like, Link and Young Link and Samus. <laughs> well, just Kirby skins of those characters. Yes. No, no. Oh, I want the character. I-, I want them to migrate everything from Smash into a better fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> a real fighting game, I guess, is more accurate. Uh, all fifteen of the Fire Emblem characters. Uh, they can have. They- we just want Ike. Not even Martha Roy. We want Ike. Oh shit! But really, go for you just said. Imagine if they oh, the DLC characters are just the Kirby versions of the other from that. Game. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Oh, Do yeah. that too. That'd we'll be awesome. Up. We're just gonna slowly push people over to the better game. Yeah, if we get amiibos for all of this. Some people are gonna be fucked. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> amiibos even a thing. They're looking to lean into and really dip into the well, extremely lucrative children's market because. You know who actually really buys lots of games and stuff like that? Kids. Yeah. Like, and it's like, yeah, you're aiming at, you know, you've been aiming at sort of the 20, 30-year-old people with money. Guess what? They have kids. <laughs> and their kids are going to want to play games. So, yeah, for me it makes sense. But also, good, because they want to make sure that in light of what we've talked about with, you know, Copa and, like, YouTube and that whole thing, yeah, this is also, I think, Epic Games saying, hey, let's do even more to make sure that we're, A, legal, and also, B, leaning into a very lucrative space that, you know, as far as PC gaming goes, has not really been tapped. Nintendo has kind of really, you know, focused on that all along having lots of kids' games along with sort of more adult-oriented games, but not so much on PCs. So I think this is Epic saying that, hey, we want to go headlong into this. So I think that's, to me, that's really interesting. And and I've known just, like, multiple cases of people that have gone to a store and, like, the store person straight up 
sees them with a kid, and the kid's like, I want this game. The parents are like, all right, I want this. Let's buy this game. And the person's like, you know, this isn't for kids, right? Like, this is super not for kids. Yeah. Like, Call of Duty, you shouldn't be buying Call of Duty for your eight-year-old. There are, I think the worst one's Grand Theft Auto, honestly. There are way too many kids that play Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I don't, I don't know which is worse, honestly, Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, as far as giving to a child. Yeah, we're not going to figure that one out ever. Yeah, I, I think it's, this feels like the right step in the direction of how do we solve this topic, or how do we kind of, you know, work with this topic, because it's not going away. Like, acting like, okay, we don't have to get good at making video games for kids, or at least make games for kids to keep them away from games that they are not, and should not be playing, or not, not prepared to, and should not be playing for a whole myriad of reasons. Like, there's a reason you don't take kids to see the movie Saw until they're ready. Yeah. It can be a bit much of a development. So it was announced that Blizz Online, this year's version of BlizzCon, so I guess technically next year's version of BlizzCon, which is happening in February 2021, is mm-hmm. a thing. It's going to be online, as the name implies. Uh, so, first of all, it's BlizzCon Line. I don't. There's no... St- there's no second O-N in that sentence. Well, no, it's Liz Conline. I hate everything. Put some respect in your voice! No, it's Liz Conline. I refuse to respect it. <laughs> Put some respect on my name when you say So, I, I expect them to announce Overwatch 2 and uh, well, Diablo be... 3 again. Probably. <laughs> they're yeah. going to reassure us that indeed Fortnite, not Fortnite, not say they made Fortnite, that Overwatch is still a thing we should be playing. <laughs> well, don't worry, it's going to be an Overwatch 2, guys! Yeah! Never mind the fact that we can't balance Overwatch 1 to save our fucking lives. <laughs> Here's part 2! And uh, they'll be announcing uh, uh, new HOTS for the Storm. Yeah. Ooh. Following in the footsteps of Dota to Dota 2, we've announced Heroes of the Storm. It's the same game. This time it's made by Ice Frog. We can't legally call it Heroes of the Storm. It's just <laughs> called Hots 2. I feel... I feel like... I just thought of this, and maybe it's fucked up in a way. But, like, you know how, like, Hots and the Hearthstone fiasco with Blitzchung and all that stuff? And the weird rules they made for Warcraft 3 Reforged and all sure. that. What if you made a map called Tiananmen Square in Warcraft 3? And Blizzard technically owns Tiananmen Square as a map. I think they would acknowledge I have it. no clue on this one. <laughs> I just figured they tried to censor the shit out of it. But anyway. I, I feel like you'd get flagged for... You'd get flagged, I'm pretty sure. And or the game might not even make that name. Where like, this is a culturally insensitive thing to name something. Um, but yeah, BlizzCon line... February 19th to 20th, it'll be past the time that Shadowlands is released. I think putting it after Shadowlands is a interesting choice on their part. I yeah. I think it's a weird... To be honest, if you considering the way Shadowlands development is going, I, it's, it, it's a weird time. And like, in a way, if they do it online, it makes sense for them because they can control any outrage and stuff going on currently. I think considering last year how they had some people... The fact that, like, at their own convention, you had people make fun of them about the shit they say. Uh, maybe, well, I don't know. There's a lot to make fun of last year, but... Well, yeah. They, I mean, it's so vague. They haven't talked about anything. I know they talked about some contest stuff and, like, pet cosplay and things like that, but as far as, like, actual 
content content. Like, I don't see anything they have announced or anything at Oh, uh, they haven't announced anything really for what the hell this thing is. Yeah, they have been asking people for entries on stuff. So I yeah. And I mean that by, like, hey, here's a talent spotlight. Here's a digital storytelling contest, art contest, a cosplay contest. Stuff like that. I mean, which is usual BlizzCon stuff, you know, that they would have. Want me to put my cynical Charlie brain on for this one? Because I do have a cynical oh, Charlie brain do. theory. Please so, do. I think that this makes it way easier to control exactly like you said what goes on at this thing. But more importantly, you're not going to see BlizzCon ever again after this. Think? I think that if this is, in their minds, as effective as BlizzCon was, I think BlizzCon is becoming an increasingly risky endeavor for them because of, well, you know, it's hard to control people when they're in mass, but if they're stuck at home up behind their screens, all they can do is just comment, quick chat, and write angry articles. It's a lot harder to make the company look bad publicly to random passersby. I maybe you'll see a couple other ones, but if this thing actually does what Blizzard wants to have happen, BlizzCon's not coming back. I think a lot of things like that aren't coming back because people are realizing that this is just a easier, b cheaper. I'm kind of betting this thing winds up being a paid to access event, kind of like they tried doing with Star Citizen a couple of years ago, because there's always already the precedent for the BlizzCon online pass thing. I, yeah, they're, they're gonna make you pay to watch Twitch. You know what I'm also thinking that maybe all right, I'll talk about it when we get into the next news, but I think that may be a reason for the exact same thing. Yeah, you know. Now that I think about it, I can see where you're coming from with that one. Because then, yeah, you can definitely control the narrative and stuff like that yeah. as far as, like, oh, you guys don't have phones and things like that. Yeah. I, like, you can avoid yeah. a Diablo Immortal for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you could. Which you is can... funny. Like, it's funny that, like, a year ago, or not even, like, two years ago, like, you would go to BlizzCon and nobody there would criticize Blizzard to their faces about it. Mm-hmm. And now you have people who've said stuff out loud to them, and the audience fucking agrees with them at your own convention. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, I think uh, I yeah. think this is a natural. Yeah, it's the natural progression of these things. Like, and if this thing even sticks around, that will be a thing. I think it, they're not going to shut down WoW anytime soon. That, that thing still prints its own money, kind of thing. But we've talked about on this podcast before the idea that like, how long is Blizzard Activision still a thing before it's just Activision again, and I think maybe we're drifting in that direction sooner than people thought we were. I don't think Blizzard's going to go away, but it's going to be part of Activision and it's be one of the game studios inside of Activision. Like, it pretty much is. Yeah, like it's. Point. I'm going to say it's almost ninety percent already. Yeah. that. like the last game, the last game Blizzard made was Overwatch. Overwatch did really well, but also it had that weird Activision esports tendrils just all fucking over that thing. Well, I mean, you also, like, given, like, the stuff that's been going on with Blizzard in yeah. general, it doesn't surprise me that, like, Activision is getting more and more into that. I mean, considering all the stories that have come out in, like, Kotaku and all that with the shit that's been going on with their company, like, not just, not just the game decisions they've made yeah. that have affected the players and the fans and all that stuff, but the way they actually treat their employees is a whole nother, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's... It's it's, it's just kind of me probably just kind of hype up, kind of theorizing at this point. 
point. Like, the benefit of having the Blizzard name is you have this nostalgia for it, and you have this kind of goodwill. The issue is, once that goodwill starts to sour, and it indeed has soured, like, I, I know you two like Overwatch a lot more than I do, but, like, the last thing Blizzard made that I genuinely liked was maybe Diablo 4, but really was World of Warcraft. Like, I should have been all on board for that Warcraft 3 master they fucking fucked the pig on. I never got into Heroes of the Storm, so I've been kind of off the Blizzard train for a while. And by the time Overwatch came out, like, this game is so cool. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, it's just another fucking, like, the hero shooter. Like, I'm, I'm not into this, but it's made by Blizzard, so it's better. Yeah, it's the best hero shooter made, but I'm already done with this as a game type kind of thing. It's, and I think I, with what happened with the Diablo stuff, you've now had a couple kind of not so great WoW expansions under their belt. Um, you're starting to see kind of that the, the ride or die people starting to fall off. It kind of this other stuff that's taking up the space of what Blizzard is about, and Blizzard's not adapting to it well. Like fuck, they're the only paid MMO out there that I know of. Yeah, that uses the traditional paid MMO yeah, subscription model. model. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things where it's the I don't inherently object to that as a model for games, but also the fact there is not a free to play mode for WoW is baffling. And I know there's technically options, and meh, 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 but the fact there's no, like, yeah, we'll give you the shittier version of this game for free, that continues to be a choice that baffles me. I think the answer, the reason they haven't done that is the amount of people willing to continue paying a monthly subscription for that game is fucking zero. We're very close. Even if it was like, yeah, so if you have, like, I'm not sure what the free-to-play version of that game would be, because I'm not really totally sure what you're getting out of that game for a paid subscription, except kind of more timely content, but also based on what you've said, you've not been a fan of the content for this expansion. Like, post-Legion, and even like towards the end of Legion, you were like, yeah, this could do some work, and could be better. And going up into Shadowlands, you've also been kind of, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where they're going for this. Like, the most positive stuff you've sent my way are the, like, vignette things that are definitely cool, but also I watch and go, oh, that fucking game is. Yeah. Like, this is a no, like, these characters will be in the game, sure, but, like, this won't be your interactions with them. This is far more epic than anything that will be in this game. Like, I went back for Battle of Azeroth, and I'm like, right, this game markets itself unbelievably well, and then you play it and go, right, I'm killing boards. <laughs> yep. yep. But that's enough on that. Let's talk about Dreamhaven! Dreamhaven? What's that? It's the new studio from Blizzard boss Mike. Forgot to include his last name, so give me a second. Mike Morheim? Mike Morheim. Yes, thank you. By the way, it's pretty much just Blizzard because a lot of the former Blizzard people are coming over as like senior, you know, senior developers and stuff. Like so so many, I'm amazed they're legally allowed to. So, yeah. And not just Dreamhaven, but, like, when you look at, like, where a lot of these Blizzard people have left, like, a lot senior Blizzard staff have gone to, they've either come to Dreamhaven, they're either at um, Ben Brode's new studio as well, who was Mm -hmm. the Hearthstone guy for a while, or they're at another studio that's also run by another freaking, like, a senior official from uh, Blizzard. Like, they're all hemorrhaging, Blizzard is hemorrhaging their senior staff at this point. For yeah. sure. I, I'd go so far as to say they're hemorrhaging what made them Blizzard. Like it, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's the age-old question of like how, how much of a company can you shell out before it's just the name of that company kind of coasting at that point. Yeah. We're not Nike. We're, we're Schneike. 
No, you're still yeah. Nike, but like it's <laughs> just keep new... believing we're Nike, not just do it. Yeah. Yeah. New new game coming out from from Dreamhaven, a uh, Planet of Battlecraft. <laughs> and uh, uh and uh Blurthstone. <laughs> I was gonna say Girth Rock, but that sounds better. <laughs> uh yeah, so yeah, it's just it really is just a lot of what made Blizzard so Blizzard I I do one I'm looking at some of their career openings of you as I was curious. And for one thing, they looks like they're gonna be leaning into some at least some networking multiplayer stuff because that's who they're hiring. Which again is a phrase I like using too much now. That seems a little sus. <laughs> and also Hilariously, where they're going to be based is basically right beside Blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> they right can basically mind. just like open their window and yell, "Hey guys, come over here. We're literally better." Yeah, it's so well, and like there's only one art, art, art image officially out there now. It's just announcing Dreamhaven, and man, if this isn't the most World of Warcraft looking two looking thing. I've ever fucking seen in an art still before. I don't know what is. Like, this is what you'd assume World of Warcraft 2's initial announcement poster would look like. It's like, oh, yeah, that is what the sequel to World of Warcraft should look like. There should be lighthouses and, like, colonial-era ships. Yeah. And maybe planes. (laughs) Also, actually, I have some breaking news on this. Looks like they're announcing a new game already. Um, it's a MOBA type game called Champions of the Hurricane. <laughs> yep. Ugh. <laughs> but okay, so okay, in seriousness though, um, on this. So one of the interesting things about the Dreamhaven thing, and one of the things he talked about in his interview, is that he doesn't like the idea of having to kind of report to a higher up as far as it goes in terms of the direction of the company. Things like that. He actually what you about- mean the reasons everyone who used to be an independent game studio that got bought by a big by a bigger thing ultimately leaves yeah. and goes and forms other independent fucking game studios after they're yeah. stupid rich? Oh god, the reasons anyone does everything, right? But see, like the fun part though about this one is he's got money, and him and his wife are bankrolling the company right now. Yeah, I hope it works out for them. Like, but yes, they're not reaching out for other investors, or anything. As far as I know, right now, they're completely bankrolling their own company right now. I have seen that go south in the past, so I hope it works out for him. But yeah, no, he has enough fuck you money to do exactly what the fuck he wants. Oh, he absolutely does. We were joking before we started recording the podcast, but like, if this is how we get Titan, and by that I don't mean like what Overwatch is now, but I'm talking like actual Titan or whatever the fuck that MMO was supposed to be. I am so fucking on board to check out another not-quite-Blizzard game. <laughs> yeah. It'd be curious to see. I mean, like I said, like, um, so I was, there's a guy on YouTube I watch fairly often. Um, his name was Belluar. He has a lot of industry and stuff news that he also covers a lot of Blizzard stuff. Sure. And I guess he had spoke to somebody who works at Blizzard and kind of like, you know, all the articles you hear about the morale of the company and Activision getting their kind of their talk tendrils. About it length on this thing, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I know people always talk about how it's not like confirmed for sure and all that, but he's like, no, that guy said it's 100% true. Tons of the senior staff are just flat out leaving or planning to leave in the near future. Like, it's not, 
not surprising at all that you have like the fact that Dreamhaven is not just a new company started by the guy who used to be the president CEO of Blizzard, but also is bankrolling it himself in Irvine is no fucking coincidence. Oh yeah, no, it's a it's a power yeah. move that again I go back to. I'm amazed he's legally allowed to do this. Like this is this is both what you want to see, but also don't get to see because a variety of non compete clauses happen. Maybe they'll have some tricky way of getting around that. Yeah, like we've been, I feel like we've been talking for years about just kind of the what makes Blizzard Blizzard people just hemorrhaging out of that company in accelerated rates. I think too also like maybe some of the senior staffers weren't tied down with those kind of clauses yeah. as a, compared to now. So maybe some of the newer people might be, but some of the the seasoned vets of Blizzard oh, I could, don't have those. I, I could imagine a bunch of those folks predate or have stuff explicitly in their contract because no one could have fucking predicted where we're at now back in what, like 2008, 2009 when the two companies merged kind of thing, where we'd be at now kind of thing. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, we all had our fears because Activision, but also I don't think any of us were like, yeah, this is where we'll be at in 2020. Mm. I look forward to this one. This one could be a kind of cool thing. I also look forward to their um, their, their first game, which is going to be known as uh, Spaceships Wraith. <laughs> Featuring a uh, red-haired uh, stealth protagonist of some kind who fights uh, aliens of two types that have not mouths but kind of fancy scarf-like things that use like a Psychic-like energy and also giant bug monsters, along with the kind of fractured future of humanity out in space. <laughs> yep, completely original, uh, original characters to see. Dude, how fucking boss would it be if they put out StarCraft Wraith <laughs> for StarCraft <laughs> Ghosts as their first game? Be like, you, you, it's like, it's like it was Activision stopping us. It's been done for years. Yep. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Um, I wonder how much a division this is going to throw into the sort of the the fandom in general of Blizzard. You know, like who's who's still going to be like ride or die for the Blizzard name versus I, the people that are actually made Blizzard a thing. So, I I'm curious. I I think it's one of those ones where if what they're working on is indeed an MMO or capable of competing in an MMO space, then that's the thing, right? I, it's I apologize if I offend you on this one, Alex. I'm not meaning to. I'm speaking in general, kind of about the WoW community as a whole. I think a very large percentage of that community, a lot of their identity, kind of in friend group, are so locked up in that game at this point that the idea of stopping WoW means a major shift in kind of their social. Like the idea of getting that many people to go try another game of any kind, kind of thing is the problem. If you finally make something that's actually capable of actually challenging that, and it's kind of maybe impossible, but also if WoW keeps shooting itself in the foot increasingly more possible, like, it's the reality is, like, the last great MMO to come out was WoW. There's been other good MMOs, but nothing on that same kind of all-encompassing scale. Like, Black Desert Online maybe could have done it, except for the fact that that game is a to play exploitive nightmare like I, as someone who dabbles in lots yeah. of mmos out of curiosity there's nothing as good as well out there still like it's there's a reason that game is endured it's the best mmo kind of ever made to a certain extent also it's got the hooks at this point that keep you going yeah I, well I, I suppose i don't know i didn't like it i've preferred many yeah. other mmos over it like i i still play rift i still play 
uh, Terra. And even though it's changing over to new ownership, I, yeah, which has been a real weird thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's the best for everyone. I'm just saying from kind of a like success of an MMO standpoint, nothing has come close to being challenging wow in the it's where your friends are type of place. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow classic is doing well for a reason. It's because it lets you have those same friends and the nostalgia of the better version of World of Warcraft. (laughs) All right. So this is a pretty good week for us not having a bunch of shit news we do have one piece of shit news we got to get through and it's an update from i believe we talked about this last week uh but michelle ansel the this creative head attached to beyond good and evil uh his departure might not be as mysterious as we initially reported on it being and we only reported it being mysterious because we had no confirmations yet so yeah it appears that that whole Internal investigation that keeps, surprise, surprise, uh, shooting a bunch of people in the foot over at Ubisoft may be the reason for this one. And by May, we say, yeah, it is. And the fact he kind of got on social media and was like, it's not a problem. People should suck it the fuck up. He was seeing the kind of writing on the wall, as it were, that Ubisoft decided that they weren't afraid to fire people who had been there a long time, that they weren't afraid to fire executive-level people. And I think he saw that and was like, well, I guess I could be fired, so I should probably quit before that happens. Yeah, in a, like, jokes aside, like, in an unprecedented move, Ubisoft has at least demonstrated willing to do the right thing at this point in time with some frequency. They keep doing the wrong thing going along with the right thing, but at least when it comes to getting rid of, you know, the problem, they've done a pretty good job on that topic. Yeah, they've been firing leadership and. He was under investigation for it as well. So, I mean, I think this was really a matter of he was just trying to not get fired. Like, he just wanted to beat them to the punch yeah. before they actually fired him. That's the way it comes off. That stranding creator, Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Remedy creative director, Sam Lake. Former EA chief executive. Um, Death Stranding and no other popular games. That he's no other popular games. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, also included on the board are a couple of filmmakers, yeah. Nia DaCosta, uh, director of the upcoming horror movie Candyman, and John Favreau, which is interesting. Uh, he's, as you know, he's the person who kind of directed the new Iron Man movies. He's also a showrunner is... on The Mandalorian, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. He is. So that's, that's interesting. I think that's board, but yeah, this is... Of the yeah. three of us, that I the only one excited for a new Candyman movie. I think it could be good. I, yeah, I I like I like the original, and I'd like to see what they do to, you know, brand new story, remake the whole thing. See see what would see what they do with it. Yeah. Most I just wanted to add Candyman to Dead by Daylight. Mmm. As a part of the tie-in for that, Candyman is a legit villain. <laughs> yeah, with a interesting story. That's doesn't. That's not a villainous story. Why he's a villain? One of the better ones out there, actually. Yeah, if you're, if you're looking for a truly underappreciated kind of slasher era esque horror franchise, fucking go check out Candyman. Yes, I know I've said Candyman five times in this podcast now. He's right behind you, listeners. He's sticky and coming for you. <laughs> no, how you summon Candyman? That that was a horrible description of having him show up. Yeah. The dude is covered <laughs> in honey, literally. Yeah, 
But yeah, and I think that's why also, like, if you look at a lot of the storylines for the various killers on Dead by Daylight, they all have kind of suitably tragic storylines yeah. as to why they kind of became a vengeful ghost. Yeah. They need to bring some of the ghosts from 13 Ghosts as part of the cast. They do not. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. What do you mean? Those are ghosts are pretty fucking gnarly. You already have the wraith. I'm going to kill you in the long run with diabetes. So, have you actually ever seen any of the movies? <laughs> no. That's totally okay. a thing they would say in the movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> Am I dead? Is that what's going to happen now? No, like... I. If... <laughs> Try to make sure I get the name correctly correct on this one for the actual But they would they would honestly within the you know movie there is sort of a joking thing, the same thing, way that we kind of joke about, you know, the Bloody Mary stories or whatever your favorite mirror monster story is or calling monster story is. Yeah. They they joke about that within the movie. Joke about the character, like, oh no, that's not real. Holy shit, you grew up in a horror movie. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like nothing bad happened horror movie esque, but like the setting was, man, so many people get murdered in these trees. I'm like, yeah, you could murder a lot of people in these trees. What happens if someone gets lost? They die. Fuck, Halloween in my neck of the woods had a mortality rate, like a baked in mortality rate. That's terrifying. What the fuck? Have we never talked about the fact that Salem Halloween claims like lives every year? No. Oh, it's so uh, one of the towns I grew up near is Salem, Massachusetts, famous for witch burning and shit like that. And growing up, like every single year on Halloween, people die in Salem. Not like mysteriously, there's, there's always a spike in the number in deaths that happen in Salem. And this is not helped by the fact that the month leading up to the Halloween is this giant kind of month long party that makes your friends that live in Salem disappear from your lives, essentially. Like, I literally had friends I didn't talk to for all of October because it's like, yeah, no, you're living in Salem, I get it. Like, we're not, I'm not going to see you. I'm not driving into fucking visit your ass kind of thing. But, like, to put it in perspective, like, when only two or three people would die every year, you're like, oh, cool, it's a good year. Like, and then, but then you'd have ten, ten which like, oh, okay, yeah, fuck it. Like, ten people dying in Salem on Halloween because of Halloween was not unheard of with some frequency. What the what? Like, yeah, a, a weird shit happened every fucking year on Halloween, and because it was Salem, people made a big deal of it. All types of weird shit, but like, yeah, it's like, only two people died this year, and you're like, holy shit, it was a good year. Not to make light of tragedy of people dying, but like, that could be its own fucking horror movie, too. It's supposed to take place a hundred years before Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Storyline-wise. So, no, this is going to the Switch. Oh. This is Switch Monster Hunt. This world can't come to that. I have I fucking hope they put this stuff in the Monster Hunter World version because cool stuff. So Monster Hunter Rise is separate from Monster Hunter World in yep. terms of that. Yep. Really? Yep. Is it? And Monster Hunter Rise is only supposed to be the Switch. That's it's weird. only coming to the Switch right now, and it's got some kind of mobility stuff going on. Oh, uh, okay. That's still kind of dank, but okay. You sounds like you have a Diablo Immortal situation going on where some of the stuff that people saw in Diablo Immortal they asked for in Diablo Three, and they're like, Nah, no. That's yeah. not coming to that. So there's no there's no difference between the old near replicant and the new near replicant version one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. Well, yeah, it'd be called near replicant version two if it was a totally new thing. I think, but it's so it's like one of those half sequels, or rather, not a half sequel, but a it's one point two. Fucking near being near. I, it's, I heck of a title. Yes, 
<laughs> I changed the podcast number to episode uh, 219.733219 Alpha Omega Dog Sign <laughs> Hashtag Slash Slash. Yeah. Well, if anybody check anybody looking forward to playing Near Replicate version 8678309 or whatever, maybe that should worry some people. But the original Near, I guess, is a very different game from your other. They are yeah. similar in a bunch of ways, but also this they game they're adding merciful either. mode. We, got, uh, we actually got our getting... first real look at Nino Kuni Cross World was part of this. Uh, channeling that Ghibli style hard. Finally a new finally a new one. Finally a new virtual fighter. Sega in all their benevolent mastery of all things good. And owning of Sonic. We're not gonna talk about that right now because I said good thing. They have announced Virtual Fighter, East X Esports, I guess is the working title right now. There's no official thing. We saw no gameplay footage. We saw nothing of real value except Yo, remember Virtual Fighter, and then a shot of it's been so long I'm forgetting character names, but iconic Virtual Fighter guy that's totally not Ryu, standing with his back to you and then turning real quick. Is it Akira yeah. or something? Like that? Yeah, it's Akira. It's Akira, yeah, yeah. I did not play Akira. I played. Um, this is called Drunken Ass. There have been, hmm? been mobile games, yeah. but that's not the same. Yeah. Uh, Virtual Fighter is, uh, in the fighting game community, kind of a weird topic because it is, at least in some of our minds, still the best fighting game franchise ever. Nothing quite ever played like Virtual Fighter. There's a speed and a weight and an impact to it that no other game did. Uh yeah. Unlike other games in Virtual Fighter, the matches were unbelievably quick, kind of like the actual fights. Like, this was not a game about getting impaled and shot with fireballs and thrown through roofs and kind of standing back up. This was a game about taking a very quick five-hit combo and getting your ass knocked the fuck out. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you talked about the weight and the feel of it. Yeah. That's one thing I feel like, for instance, was missing from Tekken. I feel like Everybody's made of paper yeah. and plastic in Tekken. It's like nobody has any weight. You like kick somebody and they like do flips in the air and fall down. It's like what? Yeah, it, Virtual Fighter feels like moves have proper impact. So, yeah, the, 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 more at least you know more proper impact. It, there's a feel to it, a yeah. heavier feel. The, the Virtual Fighter franchise kind of sustains itself on the fact that like despite being what do we figure out how long it's been? The last like, 10 years at least? 14. Yeah, 14. Like, despite that time span, the last one still feels good. Not as good as, like, the early on ones. Like, the, the first Virtual Fighter is still one of the best fighting games ever made. That's how good that franchise is. Mm. It's also, like, I think, hands down the first, never the first good, but maybe the first one, period, 3D fighter. Like, that, that, that franchise was doing that stuff correctly back when Street Fighter was having a hard time figuring out how to make a sequel kind of thing. Yeah. Know him socially? Is he like secretly some huge space nerd? Ooh, I I think that's not so secret. Yeah. I mean, all right. You run a you run an R a tabletop RPG campaign that is in space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let me think. What else? Kind of like well, so on... while you're among us over, I think the more important part is I kind of always assumed sim games are a Henry thing, but increasingly I'm not so sure I th- why I think that. <laughs> I don't even 
play that many sim games. I think we talked about Farming Simulator once, and it stuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of the only one I really play. I mean, I've thought about other sim games, like, honestly, Roller Coaster Tycoon would be... Of course you <laughs> fucking did! I forgot to mention that. Because you were kind of ashamed. Yeah, I forgot. I would play Horribly Dangerous. I watched Plus, some videos where people were trying to compare the two, and I'm like, I haven't played Star Citizen. Let's see what the fuck's up with that. I'm like, right, this game's still a nightmare. <laughs> Plus all the, uh... You're the only person who still actively keeps up with news regarding that fucking space economic game. What the fuck is it called? The giant ships? That MMO? EVE Online? There you go, EVE Online! So, I like yeah. the wars. It's, it's such a fascinating game to follow. Yeah. Got a passionate player base that's always borderline RP, which I enjoy. Makes mm-hmm. keeping up with that easy. Thanks for writing in. So we'll send this to you two afterwards. It's a very long email, but we have we have Jeff's official response to our slander of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Oh, <laughs> can you not just read it all? It is a very long email. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're depriving uh, the listeners to this email by not reading it now. Hang on, I'm, I'm, you I'm zooming you in my. Hi- you can't hype it up and I then not. I'm read zooming it. in my monitor to get a better view on this, so I do this bullshit justice. Okay. Hello, fuckers. Who doth disturb my slumber? Last week, Kingdom Hearts came up in the listener in the listeners' mail, and whether or not I liked it. Now, as for Kingdom Hearts series, I have actually played a decent amount of the offshoot games in addition to the numbered ones, as I have been, I have played Birth by Sleep. God, reading these things feels like typos. They're mobile games and the abortion that is the PS2 port of Chain of, Me- uh, Chain of Memories. I gave up and watched the summary video to get the rest of the plot. plot. Seriously, that game is so bad that, and all I need, all you need to know is that Sora lost his memory and ends horrible to read. Namine? Namie? Literally, it's N-A-M-I-N-E is the name of something, I think. Namie? Sure. Is to, whoever that is is to blame, and uh, Namie is a reflection of Kari's heart slash soul, or something, uh, something stupid. Okay, done. There, now. Okay, done. There, now. Now, on every other... Now, no one has ever... Jeff, please capitalize your next email so I know when you send it that break. <laughs> now, no one has ever... Now, no one has... No, no one ever has to play that game again. Okay, yeah. maybe if I want to it recorded by accident. I don't fucking know. This email's weird. The only really canon game I missed was 358 divided by two days, or 358 over two days. I don't know how to pronounce that one either. And I didn't play the bonus content on the remakes, and I have watched the summary videos to fill in the, my own gaps. So I'm pretty much up to speed on the whole plot. I actually only just beat Kingdom Hearts 3 a handful of weeks ago, and as someone that has invested in the series, I found myself very happy with the game. Fair enough. Uh, they expanded the, uh, the capability of the combat by adding alternative weapons and environmental attacks, environment attacks which really added to the game. The gummy ship combat going going open would be awesome. Uh, sorry, going open world is awesome. I just broke this thing up weird. The game was a little shorter and didn't really involve revisiting worlds, for, uh, which was fine. Though I would like to, I'd like to be a bit longer. Really, if I give it like hundred hours long. 
<laughs> they definitely use, I don't know how to pronounce that, my H, uh, newer IPs like Frozen. Reading this fucking email makes me hate Kingdom Hearts the because I'm learning new names for the bullshit. In addition to the Heartless and and Nobodies, yes, because three synonyms for the same thing was totally necessary. And to be honest, they could have been included. They, uh, they could have never been included in the game and it would have not been impacted in the game at all. Now, the question y'all really care about, the plot. Now, the plot is somewhat of a drunken mess. Here we go. I should just jump to this. But it's actually still followable in a, fool, in a fully coolie if you can accept that Haruko is in love with a space pirate king or whatever you keep, whatever you keep up. But I found it's... Uh, sorry, this is horrible to read. Not because it's a bad email, because the formatting in Google is bad. When I found it's going, a uh, more similar problem to the DBZ, where since the afterlife exists and is canon, no character can actually ever be written out of the, uh, out of the fucking plot, so there is just a bazillion fuckers waiting to come back into the plot at any second. Despite them, uh... Quick YouTube summary. When someone did a video on the storyline of Kingdom Hearts from the past games to now, it was like a 45-minute video. I don't know what quick summary I've that is. Longer ones too. I have, I have seen people that are into that franchise talk about that game's canonical lore in ways that, as someone who reads a lot of convoluted canonical lore, still makes my head spin. Like this. it's got time travel squared problems. Strong enough when my head starts to bleed, where it's like when you have time travel inside time travel to fix time travel that wouldn't exist if not for a fifth time travel. That's when you lose these kind of situations. Mm. And I know it's not time travel necessarily, but it's like weird continuity stuff where it's like, oh, these two endings are canonical because they intersect at this point in time and the two alternative realities that make the stuff merge at this point in time. That's why this boss exists. I feel like I could just summarize my response to Jeff by simply saying, LOL, music game for Kingdom Hearts. Fair enough. Uh, so. Fair enough. If if you could just make that my official correspondence to this, I would appreciate that. I could reply with that for you. <laughs> Can be done. <laughs> uh, we got a second email in from Jeff. I will read now, and it's much shorter than the last one was. I was just listening to some old backlogs episode 58, 18 minutes, 55 seconds in, apparently. And Charlie mentioned that if he ever got a lawn, he would buy a still off of the claw hammer distilling supplies to start overstilling mead. So I'm here calling his bluff in, in order to get my hands on backyard homemade mead. Uh, I'm not allowed to own a still. <laughs> my wife has made it very clear until we do not live in a fire zone I am not to own a still which is smart it's fair yeah it's on the list still I, I still want but when your state lights itself on fire every two weeks it seems you kind of go maybe I don't need another source of fire in my life <laughs> I've actually had me aging through this entire fire process and part of me is like maybe it got smoky because of this bullshit that could be neat uh, I have a feeling they're going to hard push it and then just fix stuff later because that seems to be the way now with games, especially live service games. So, um, yeah, I will be streaming starting the 26th of October, um, and then pretty much throughout the whole week, because I'm thinking that we've got to work. So, uh, just because we're actively coming up on that, aren't we? Yes, we are. So, about a month from now, I will be streaming pretty much an entire week of nothing but World of Warcraft uh, to kind of usher in Shadowlands and all that, so. 
Um, and of course, it'll be for Extra Life because uh, I'm actually going to ramp that back up this year because I haven't done it in previous years. I just I think... realized something, Alex. What? This is the first year Extra Life and BlizzCon won't overlap. Yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> Finally. Fucking A. Although, Extra Life Game Day, I believe, is November 7th. But still, it doesn't matter. It doesn't overlap. So. Yeah, I remember yeah. historically, BlizzCon and Extra uh, Life have always happened on the same weekend at a weird twist of fate. They have for a long fucking time. It annoyed the shit out of me. But anyway. Besides, I'm glad they it took a fucking pandemic, pandemic. for that funny chain. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the week of uh, October 26th, I will be streaming on Twitch. Uh, you can catch me on Mave Online on that. So yeah, I might the try to life link. I will put that in the show notes in the next couple of weeks if you want. Sure, yeah, I'll throw that on there as well. But yes, I'll be raising money for Jordan Becker Children's Hospital, which is the children's hospital out here based in Portland. Uh, I've met with their extra life people over there and been helping out with the field there a little bit. Um, they're good people, and the hospital reps are really cool, so yeah. Cool. <laughs>